trying to hold for a final shot. Irving, Durant for three. Yes. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Oh, I told you so. They don't even need James Harden to lay waste to them Bucks. Early game three line, Bucks laying four. Awfully optimistic. Game two on Tuesday night, Sixers laying six. Total on that one, 224 and a half. Wednesday night, Bruins, in fact, a must-win game. And I mean it. It really is a must-win game or the season's over for them. The Isles in a good spot now. Up 3-2 in that series. I say that one's going to overtime. Bet that one. Plus 290. Yanks in the Twin Cities on Tuesday. Panetta v. Montgomery. Minus 108 are the Yanks, Metropolitans and O's, a 1970 World Series redo, Peterson v. Zimmerman. Mets, minus 116 on the money line there. Baseball on both ends of the Keystone State. Phil's hosting the Braves. Smiley v. Nola. Phil's minus 166 on the money line. And then the Battling Buckos of Pittsburgh hosting the Champion Dodgers. Plus 172 is the home team on the money line. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3. Presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Tune in all season long for exclusive offers and odds boost FanDuel. More ways to win. And while you're making your bet, make sure you do it. Help your pals out here at Minus 3. FanDuel.com slash Minus 3. It's the word minus the number three. That's how to make it really count and follow along all the fun. At Minus 3 Pod on Twitter and beyond. Eddie Spaghetti, I told you, I told everybody, Kevin Hench kept saying it. All right, it got a little bit bumpy for us with all these injuries with the Nets' big three, but here we are proving they don't even need all three of them to flat-out dominate the Milwaukee Bucks. I kind of feel bad for their fans at this point. This is a this is supposed to be a what team fans? that it... Oh, that's. A, I don't know what that. I don't know what that means. That's that's a weird. Oh, you know what? Let's say hello to our guest today. He's one of our favorites. We've uh, we've known him now for several years. We met up over at the NFL, and he's proven himself to be a delightful soul and uh, wise in the ways of sports and sports gambling. You listen to him on uh, the uh, Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast here at Extra Points on Fox Sports Radio all the time with our pal, with our pals uh, Rob Parker and Chris Broussard. It's Martin Weiss. What's the poop, fella? I was, Sheck, man, good to be here. Spaghetti, good to see you. I, I talk to Spaghetti every day, but it's weird because I'm actually seeing him in person. You look the same. You look good. What, do, you think a, do you think a man of his advanced age um, has no dignity when he walks around with a hat backwards and a and a tank top? You know, you, Martin, have proven to be on the wrong side of history by jumping in. You don't have to get into the conversation about flip-flops, and yet you decided to insert yourself into it like uh, oh. like a man inserts his, his big toe and index toe. In, in right now, the little, on my feet. The little thong thing. What's wrong with you? P- Listen, there are concessions that must be made. Le- you have the right to uh, the pursuit of happiness. I don't want to get in the way of that. That's right. That's in our constitution. But also, all men are supposed to, all people are supposed to have that same right. And your pursuit of happiness in flip-flops is getting in the way of my happiness. Do you understand? It makes me sick. I don't need to see grown men feet out and about. There are concessions made. I don't need to see your armpit hair unless you're playing in a, in a basketball game. I don't need to see you walking around in your tank top and otherwise. Come on. May, meet me halfway. You understand, Mark? Check. Uh, this is, I understand the self-loathing that's coming out here, right? Because you got ugly feet, right? And no. you got hairy arms, right? And, you know, I understand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not everyone is blessed with the body type that me and Spaghetti's got, okay? But just there's, I'm sure there's a ton of things that you got that we don't. Like, like, wow. like, a, like an amazing Pittsburgh accent. Well, I well, I thought you were speaking more anatomically, and you are correct. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, listen, no. Do I have ugly feet relative to other fellas? No. I have, I have feet like a man, which is to say they shouldn't be out and about um, for others to stare at while people are trying to eat food. You know, the, the fair sex, okay, they can do it. I'll, I'll, I'll allow for that. But... Come on, let's let's cover up our feet, fellas. You know, women wear high heels. You know, that's that's a I think a concession on some level. If they're that they shave their legs and everything, we we can do we can make an effort, right? We can 
put away our feet. We can sock them up, go closed toe shoe, and otherwise. And and, and that's where I come down on this. And I think um, I think the majority of no one wants bare feet on an airplane. No one wants to see bare uh, men okay. bare feet anywhere. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But anyhow, bare feet on an airplane. Where, it's so much simpler because you don't worry about untying your shoes and putting uh, the whole TSA. I think, do you think I, I want to stand. Do you think I want to stand in the security line when the person's like, "Hey, stand here," and they're like, uh, "Stand in this spot where four seconds ago some strange man's bare stinking feet were standing there. Now I got to put my so- my socks there. Gross." Uh, if you're sho- I shower le- probably twice a day, and my feet are clean. It's the same thing if people have smelly feet with shoes on too. So yeah, I wear tank tops, basketball jerseys if it's hot out. This weekend going to be nice in Santa Monica. You'll see me at the beach with a, probably a jersey on and flip flops. And guess what? My thonged flip flops have bottle openers on each of the bottom of the of the shoes. So that's what I wear. <laughs> I mean, the extended right, utility is impressive. I just would love to hear a shack on public restrooms. I mean, if you can't stand in a in a in a in a barefooted spot, I only I can only imagine where you sit. Well, you well, I I, I don't. I I will take <laughs> I I take every precaution to see to it that I never have to pay visit f- to a public bathroom for serious business. Now, listen, if it if it's an in and out, make some water and go about my day. Yeah, I mean I, that's fine for me, but anything more than that would really have to be an emergent situation. Hey, speaking of emergent situation, I want to hear on minus three today. We're obviously big fans of uh, Eddie Spaghetti and uh, what he's done on our hockey talk, our East Division hockey talk, along with Spaghetti and Meatballs. Our guy Mikey Meatballs. I'm just sick of my ball, Spaghetti. This that's the this this all time hockey division that the Pittsburgh Penguins won, and it feels like now five months ago that that happened. And now the Islanders are going to beat the Bruins too because the referees of the uh, of the NHL just change the way they call the games, and it tilts in favor of anybody who – it's not goonism, but that physical play, they let uh, some plays go in the postseason that they wouldn't in the regular season. You can put a stick in the skilled guys as they try to fly by you, slows it down, and it makes the game less enjoyable ultimately. But anyway – uh, muzzle tough to meatballs there. We'll hear from Hench um, on the other side of game six, and we'll see how he's feeling there. I did make the overtime suggestion there. Bet it at, uh, at uh, FanDuel.com slash minus three. I have a hunch about this one, given the stakes and how tight these games have been this series. I, I feel like this one's going to overtime, like I say. Plus 290 if you want to get in on that and and bet that one. Um, but I don't suspect that we want to do a lot of hockey talk here with Martin Weiss as hockey season is almost over in the East Division, like I say. Let's talk some NBA, some football, and really, whatever spaghetti you and our other pal Martin Weiss want to kibitz about, I kind of want to grease the skids for you to take the show in whatever direction you want. What shall we start with, Martin Weiss? Uh... So, I, you know what? I was looking at this rundown list right here, and I just want to know, is there any job that you can do after 75 besides be president or coach college football? <laughs> Why? Because Nick Saban has... Because, yeah, Nick Saban... 77. He'll be 77 by the time the, uh, the extension ends there. I mean, my, my you know my grandparents you know my 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 grand my grandmother died in 2020. I think she she was 79 when she passed away, right? 79, 80 years old. Most people who I've come into contact with over the age of like 65 ish, they don't got much going on. You know, they're kind well, of I just think, sitting around. I think you can. I, I to answer your question, one, you can be a zoo ambassador. Like the people who just sit there in the chair and like they point you in a general direction, like where's the where's the lizard yep. exhibit? That that's what old people do. And uh, two, you can be you can hold one end of the uh, hash mark sticks, the first down markers on a a, a football field. That that's also for octogenarians. You, I think that, you that, could that, like wave high when you walk into like your big box store, right? You know, just your department store or whatever. But like outside yeah, of that. Outside of that, college football and president is pretty much all you got. Like, if you want to make if you want to make a significant amount of money, I feel like you got there's only two options there. If you're a seventy up, seventy or up, because they won't even put you on TV anymore, Lou Holtz. I know. Well, it's funny, and uh, um, that 
we have now Belichick, and we love talking about what's going on with the Patriots and what they're going to be in 2021 in, in that AFC East, which, like every NFL division, is right now in June. We are in this sweet spot. We talk about it all the time here, Martin, that the NFL, for whatever reason, based on the way things have broken with free agency and the quality of quarterbacks coming out in college and um, any number of reasons why this is true, but the way things set up, Every year, you can make a case for almost every NFL team going to the playoffs. It's very hard to say, oh, I guarantee you that team is not going to the playoffs. In fact, Spaghetti, let's uh, let's do that right now. Impromptu, Martin Weiss, give us a team that is definitely not going to the playoffs, and I'll ask you to keep it to our three divisions here on minus three. We focus on the NFC East, the AFC East, and the AFC North. Tell us one team from those three divisions that is definitely not going to the playoffs this year. You said NFC East, AFC East, and and AFC North. That's right. The team I know that what you're going to say. I know you're going to try to be a wise ass, but this, you're going to be a wise ass with your answer here, and I know it. But go ahead. Wow. What, wow. Go ahead. I was should, going should to say. Should we make the stakes the, more difficult, though? Could, should we say, should we remove the Jets, the Bengals, no. and like. You, 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 all right, if that was a fair game, I was going to say make this tougher. Remove those teams that most people think are going to be the bottom of the league. I, you know what? Yeah, Interestingly listen, enough, the listen. Jets nor the Bengals were on my list. As I was, I was about to say the team, and you cut me off. But the Jets nor the Bengals weren't even top of mind. The first one to me was the Washington football team. Really? Like Definitely like not going to the playoffs. I like that a lot. Yeah. Because. I mean, because I think that the Giants or the Cowboys will win the division. I'm and with I think you on the look- Giants. I said that last week, and uh, I, <laughs> I made a big announcement to to ingratiate myself to Eddie Spaghetti. And um, what are the their win? Uh, man, my uh, my se- the season win total is for those Giants is over seven. You can get pretty good odds on that. Uh, over seven is minus one twenty five. I think they win That's the awesome. division. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I, I I think the Giants probably win the division, I, but I still think you said a seven and a half for their. It's seven over, wins uh, minus one twenty five. Seven wins. I do think that it's a. Oh God, what is it? A nine and eight division, whatever it is, with seventeen games now. I think it's so. I don't think the wild card will come from there. I think your wild card will be from the NFC South and then the NFC West. You might have two from the NFC West because you have three wild cards, but. That, that's where I would put my bread is to have their – so I would think that the Washington football team is going to probably be – that, 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 that's my take. Let Brian me tell Fitzpatrick you does not get it done. That's, a, that's exactly right. I, that, just quickly, I, I said this on a pod recently. I hear you on that. Fitzpatrick will have his magical moments like we always see on national television after he's already benched once in the season and for because fans are going to be calling for Heineke to come in because after his playoff game. And then because you, you're going to get a string of Fitzpatrick games where he's throwing three, four interceptions. Not, you know, they're not winning football games. Like, yeah, their D-line's great. Their front seven's great. Uh, even their offensive weapons now are getting a lot better than they were last season. But it's still Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then he'll come back in, have a big moment. Everyone's going, "Oh, he's great!" But I, I would right now, Eagles and and WFT just scratch them off the list. They're not going to be. And I totally agree with Martin too. There's no way that East is getting a wild card team. It's going to come from the South or the West. There are, uh, there are a handful of QBs who, in the push and pull against NFL defenses, who they they get to the league and they surprised with their talent and then defenses react to that and then it's on the quarterback to react to what defenses are are trying to take away from them some guys just ain't cut out to be running out there 16 games and now 17 games perennially and carrying a team you can be a passenger and not make mistakes but Ryan Fitzpatrick is a a gunslinger of sorts I kind of like this pick as a matter of fact and some guys are better served as relief pitchers they can play hero they come in periodically they surprise the foe and then they shrink back to the sidelines I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a great um, recipe for success but Heineke is another one I still think maybe I it's weird that Ron Rivera it's always telling 
when a guy who's had success or has been around a player for a stretch of time, the way Rivera was around Cam Newton, I feel like I'm a big Cam guy, and I feel like if Cam has a big 2021, I, I mean a really good one, he is still in line to go to the Hall of Fame. I know that upsets a lot of people when I say it, but I do think that they're the wild card of the whole AFC, and I they may even actually be a literal wild card by January, but um, it's hard to gauge what that team's going to be, what kind of damage they're going to inflict on the Dolphins and the Bills, who everybody's in on this year. Um, so it, it, it's... I wonder, though, if they should have gone... To me, from the outside, I feel like if they had gotten Cam Newton, they would really be scary, especially with how good that defense, um, I, I'm assuming, is going to be this year. Um, but the Bengals, you say, like, oh, well, they're easy to pick there. Sal and other people consider them great value to win the North. I think that's a little crazy, but over 5.5 is plus 120. I think that's a, a, a not a bad... Or pl- I'm sorry, over 6.5. Oh, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Sal said the Bengals are going to yeah. win the North. He didn't say they're going to. He said they are that they provide compelling value. It, you know they and in fact they do. Who's who's picking that team against the other three in in the AFC North? I they did do some interesting stuff on defense. I guess it depends on how hip you are on Joe Burrow, which you are high on Joe Burrow, right, Martin Weiss? I mean, yeah, but I mean, the Steelers are going to, I think the Steelers will take a step back. But the idea that I just, that's just from, that's from worst to first. And I get it, Burroughs and knees back. That's just a lot going on. But you know what, though? I will say this about the Bengals. This is something that I like that professional teams do. When they have, when you see a team that's successful in college, they just go get all their players, right? It's like they just signed all the, they just drafted all LSU. Like, like, like the Knicks, the Knicks, what did they do? They signed like everybody from Kentucky, <laughs> Randall quickly. They just get all these guys from Kentucky. I, I, I like that strategy. It seems to make sense to me. Like we know that these guys have had a level of success together at one place. Maybe we can rectify it here. Urban Meyer also did it. I, you know what? I, there are worse strategies to apply there. Um, so, okay. So your formal pick is Washington football team. And by the way, are I don't think we were talking nearly enough about this. We're really going to go into year two of <laughs> one of the 32 big brands, the most popular sport in our society. We're going to make it year two with a team that doesn't have a name. I didn't think we could get worse than professional sports teams that are singular, that don't have an S at the end of it, uh, uh, you know, Heat or Wild or otherwise. I was wrong. This is this this is crazy. We're This is the... All you have to do, the basic requirement is you got it. The first thing you do is, oh, we got a team. Great. What are we going to call it? This we're going to play a, 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 another season without this. I, it, it's vexing to me. But anyway, that's a good call. Spaghetti, you want to throw one in here? Yeah, I could. Uh, I'll I'll step out of it. And it, well, I can give the Eagles. I don't think the, I think the Eagles are going to be by far, far and away, fourth place team in the East, um, AFC East. I am going to go. I'm going to. All right. I'm going to give my take. I'm going to give my shocking take that 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 will get people to listen to to this segment. And the reason is the New England Patriots <laughs> are not making the playoffs this year. I, I am. I'm going to no playoffs for you. I know people were saying that uh, they had a bunch of guys sit out for the COVID. You know, the, the what's the saying? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. But so they're going to be juggling those pieces. Uh, I think them not getting Julio was actually a humongous mistake because I still don't trust their receiving core. And really, what it comes down to is I think the Jets will be more competitive than they are. But the and I said this weeks ago. Uh, I really love the Dolphins, and I think having the Dolphins and the Bills being good, especially the Bills potentially being a great team. I think with the Dolphins, I kind of believe in Tua, and I just think even if Tua is league average if he's number you know number 16 quarterback out of 32 the rest of the, the the roster is really good they had a really good draft and i fully fully buy buy into brian flores uh, a belichick disciple i think he's building a really really good foundation there in miami so just that alone with two teams in the division arguably better than you the worst team getting a little bit better this uh past offseason in the jets i i don't know i don't i don't buy enough into the the patriots so to, to not give a jets or a Bengals pick i'm gonna go with the shocking one i'm gonna say 
that New England Patriots will not be in the playoffs I, this upcoming season. I somewhere along somewhere along the way, I thought Martin Weiss fell asleep there. The way he fell back no. in his chair. What 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 upset you there, uh, Martin? Nothing upset me. I was trying to do the math. Right. I'm like, all right. Because at first, I, at first, I heard him say Patriots, and all of a sudden, I said, oh, this guy is. You know, I, you know, I traffic in, in, in inflammatory opinions often, right? So yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I come across regularly. So I just immediately just heard this guy's betting against Bill Belichick going to the playoffs and back or missing the playoffs and back to back. Quickly, years. That, quick, that, quickly, I'll add. Well, like I said, you already you took a good one with, with WFT. I think the Eagles are a boring pick with the AFC North. I have zero feel for, and I think giving the Bengals a pick is a is a cheap, easy one to give. The, I don't really know. I don't. I'm not as low on the Steelers as the people who have come on this pod. Are. I actually kind of decide with Dave. I think they're going to be. They're a tough matchup no matter what. And then the Browns and Ravens are still good. So I have no feel for that division. And uh, so when you go back to the AFC East, I believe in the Dolphins. I don't. Even if the Bills regress, they're still going to be a playoff team. And so the Patriots are really like the one team left, like on a silver platter. It's like, look, they're some people yeah, are pretty and- high on them. Some people are pretty low on them. I think even if they're mediocre, they're still in the playoffs. Here's that what was I'll kind of the math the I was Patriots. doing. Here's the here's the thing with the Patriots that I think people are getting are, are, they're conflating these two things and they can be mutually exclusive. The Patriots, as constituted, are no threat really. But then again, Belichick has even taken down the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs. Did it? Uh, you know, not that long ago. I guess it's getting to be a lifetime ago in NFL terms, but still they, you know, they have had some success against the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, high powered chiefs. That is not an indication though, that they won't win more often than they lose that they are going to try and grind you in some, I I gather some, uh, you know, 21st century pro football version of three yards in a cloud of dust. I think they're going to try to play power football with number one under center and those two tight ends, and they're going to loosen it up with the speed on the outside that they added. And the defense, if guys prove the the pieces that they that sat down from COVID a year ago, if they disprove the longstanding notion that you can't take a year off of football and then return to the same form that you had before, if they can collectively um, disprove that theory, then I think they will be good. I just don't think that they're a team that's going to vanquish these high octane, you know, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Chargers or Patrick Mahomes, uh, Chiefs. But so what? The, it, it, in over the course of 17 games, I think they have a decent chance to get the double digits there. I could see them having 10 wins there. Um, so, OK, th- those are two good picks there. I'm going to lay off for now. I, I, I threw it at you. I wasn't ready oh. to announce another no playoffs for you. All right. Wow. Oh, you want me to? You want me to? I will. I will. Ready? Here we go. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We Here see we who's go. driving Wait, the show, huh, Spaghetti? Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Ready? All right. I've considered it. I'm sorry. Philadelphia Eagles. No playoffs for you. Why you like you act like that's an obvious one, Spaghetti? I I, I, I think a lot of people. <laughs> no, I, I mean, think it's, he I, said I it think, twice that he thought I, it was obvious. I, I, think, I think it's ultra obvious. I think they're by far the okay. the fourth place team there. I think it's a fine pick. I mean, to go with them to kind of matter ready. Also, pretty funny to think about how bad times could be in Philadelphia uh, when they if the team comes in fourth place and the Sixers, the number one seed, end up losing to the Hawks. It's uh, if the Phillies don't make the playoffs, which doesn't seem like they will, if the Mets streaking the way they are. Uh, Flyers no playoffs. Rough, rough days in uh, Philadelphia. Not that I, I can't say I'm, I'm, I'm unhappy about that though. Well, we talk all the time here, Martin, about the Sonic Award. We also talk about who has the brightest half decade future in the Northeast. Which sports town of the Northeast uh, figures to win the most? I'll tell mm-hmm. you, the Brooklyn Nets. They're going to win the title this year. Well, say it's, um, I feel like it looks we also talk about the now. Sonic Award, who's the the entire state of Pennsylvania spaghetti to your point is maybe tracking to be sad because the sonic award is the the sports town whose fans suffer the most over the calendar year and obviously pittsburgh has suffered a bit but philadelphia to your point spaghetti maybe we just give it to the whole state the keystone state penn state football a little uh down from what i think those uh, weirdos expect there in the middle portion of of the state pit football perennially putting guys first round picks can't get past seven and six though on the college gridiron, but they, but, but they, on the level of USC and Alabama and LSU in terms of putting high end talent into the NFL, it's inexplicable and therefore vexing. 
Um, can I ask a quick? Players, yeah, yeah. Can, can I ask? This is a Steelers question that I'm probably going to regret asking, but oh. how how will you rate a season or feel about a season if the Steelers end up with ten wins? So winning record. Brown, Browns end up with eleven wins, and let's say the Ravens end up with twelve wins. How do you, and then you just missed the playoffs because of those teams? How do you rate this season? How do you feel like? What do you do going forward? Now you're like, oh, we had ten win double digit wins. Big Ben was fine. Just the division's really tough. What like wh- I feel like that's no man's land. That's like the worst possible scenario for the Steelers. Well, like I said on extra points um, the other day, this thing that we've gotten into this like participation trophy thing and i'm not one of those weirdos who's down on that i you know that i has a weird tenor to it the people who are like our society is ruined by validating children uh those people are weirdos (laughs) um but also it's now extended into professional sports and now it's crossed the line for me I'm so Deshaun Watson is not required to win a title. You know, the idea that um, that Dame Lillard or Luka Doncic are not in winning uh, organizations right now is is not something I'm going to shed tears about. I mean, let, that's the way sports break. They only give one title out at the end of the year. They only give the one trophy. That's why it's interesting. We don't need to 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 wring our hands and well, we've got to pull our resources and start a GoFundMe page to get Dame Little uh, Dame Lillard to a better organization. What are we talking? It, it's very strange to me that that's the case. So. 10 wins for the Steelers would be a victory to me, especially in the 2021 AFC. Have you seen that thing? That's a, a that's murderer's row. Who's going to survive that thing? I don't know. I was my expectation that the Steelers go to the be spectacular. I'd be over the moon, obviously, if it went that way, but a double digit season in that conference with the schedule that the Steelers have with all the questions being thrown the last 18 plus months at Big Ben Roethlisberger and everything else that would be a successful season to me I'd be bummed if they get say, to double digits and don't get to the play yeah that's right with that quarterback yeah the guy <laughs> the guy who was an MVP candidate 11 uh, weeks through the season without an offensive line or a run game um all right let's switch though because we we mentioned Philly a little bit big one coming up for them against the Hawks quickly in case anybody I I hesitate to talk too much about games that are going to tip off in a matter of minutes after this show posts but quickly Martin how do you see this series playing out no matter what happens I mean I guess if the Hawks win game two that might impact how you think the rest of the series goes there (laughs) but where do you think this one winds up who's who's awaiting the Nets which it seems clear now it will be the Nets they're um, definitely awaiting the Nets that the the Nets are definitely the Nets are unbeatable the Nets are playing on easy mode and everybody else is just on Hall of Fame it's not fair but I like Philly I like Philly as long as Embiid's as long as Embiid's knee will hold up, right. I like Philly a lot. Like I think Embiid is as underrated as you can be to be an MVP candidate, right? Like I'm not, I'm not trying to. I think that like, people just are kind of like, oh, whatever. Joel Embiid, he's a good player and all, but like, no, I think he's dominant and will dominate this series. And Dan, the, the biggest thing is is Danny Green can't guard Trey Young. And as soon as everybody else knows that, then I think Atlanta doesn't have a curveball for him. So what is the solution? Simmons on him? I would play Tybal most of the series. Like, most of the game, I'd have Tybal coming. Like you got to start Danny Green. Then you probably get him out of there, put Tybal on him for most of the time. And then in high leverage situations, I'm putting Simmons on him. I want a Simmons on him all game, but I'm putting Simmons on him when, like, you know— like, like what, what Tibbs tried to do when he started to do Frank Nicolina <laughs> with 10 seconds left, I would just have Ben Simmons just switch with 10 seconds left instead of a guy cold off the bench. Why wouldn't we just leave him Simmons on him, though, just because tiring him out, or you want Simmons to guard a tall? Yeah, yeah, I figured that. You just get tired, and you don't want Ben Simmons to pick up. I mean, he guarded him in game one, picked up two quick fouls. Right. You'd rather have Ben Simmons not in foul trouble and on the floor than, you know, guarding Trey Young. I also feel like Embiid, there's a vibe about his unstoppability on the low block that they, you know, the Hawks in game one were just throwing bodies at him. And there's really, you know, not that much ultimately you're going to do to to keep him from from putting up 30 um, or thereabouts. No, it's very it's but it, it's it's stylistically so different than what most of the teams still standing are doing. I am fascinated always 
buy those kind of ma- what's going to win out. It's I I always said now because I because I'm vain. I always point to because I said in advance of the Cavs beating the Warriors in the midst of the dynastic run from the Dubs. Uh-huh. I said. You watch the way that Cavs team is constructed. It's not just dynamic LeBron. It's their ability to bang them on the offensive glass that is going to win that season. It did end up wearing them down. I do think when you're brawny – that's why I thought the Lakers were, for all the flash around, um, uh, I guess, both ends of the bracket this year, I thought the Lakers are going to end up winning because nobody's going to be able to contend with that front line, and it was undone by injury, of course. But – I do think, like you say, the bottom line is, I mean, what are, what are you supposed to do if you're the Bucks, or for that matter, whoever survives this Hawks Sixer series? I mean, how scary is it that Harden isn't out there and they destroyed the Bucks twice, you first? I mean, they're, they're yeah, going it, to the finals and they're going to win it, right? Yeah, it, it just shows that none of it matters. Like, <laughs> like none of it, none of it matters. Like we were, I've been sitting up all year trying to find reasons why. You know, they have to play defense. They have to do this. They have to do that. You know what? I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. Because, because at the end of the day, when you have three of the top ten players in the NBA on your team, you're going to win. Because there's only 10 players on the court at any, at any given moment in the time. And even and the thing that's really, truly unfair about the Nets is that, like, like when when the Heat had three of the, you know, top 15 players in the NBA, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James, they weren't passing the ball to Joe Harris on the fourth reversal, right? They weren't passing the ball. Like, the Nets role players— are like incredible. The Nets role players are like, you know, whoever the, the building of that roster and the not only building, but also like the way that they were able to maintain and keep pieces as they made moves. You got to give them credit because all these other teams look at the Lakers. What happened when their star went down? You looked around all of a sudden, they're like, yo, how was this team even in fourth in the West? This team is the worst team ever. <laughs> like, you know, you looked at the Nets, they were in and out with their stars all the time, and they just continued to win. It is, kind of, yeah, I don't even know what the analogy is for the Lakers. Yeah, you're right. I Because all year I was like, oh, but don't you see? that? I mean, their secondary pieces with Harrell and Schroeder and otherwise, like, those guys are problems one-on-one by themselves and then all of a sudden you take out one piece and you're like this team stinks this i boy oh boy is this team i'm trying to think of like from uh the uh schwarzenegger picture with uh with total recall with like you like the guy oh you think quato is this big handsome guy but then he opens his shirt and there's the ugly creature on the inside maybe that's a little too dated a reference for you guys you for you kids there with the the quato i'll tell you you don't know no, you don't what know it reminded Quato, me of? Like, Open your mind. He's this little troll man who is attached to the body of a of a human, and he just he opens. He, he's like, Open your mind. No, man, I can't. I can't believe I've gone thirty one years of life and and never experienced that before. I I, <laughs> How I can't live? believe it either, and I feel sad for both of you that you don't. And your lives have a hole in it that you don't even realize that needs to be filled no, by Quato. But really, it reminded me of the Super Bowl this year. Because in the two oh. weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, it was like Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, right? And the Lakers all season was, if AD and LeBron are healthy, if AD and LeBron are healthy, if AD. And then you realize that they don't have a left tackle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. like two seconds into the game, they don't have a left tackle. Like you realize as soon as AD goes down, it's like there's there's nobody else here. There's 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 there, where where'd everybody go? <laughs> like it, 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 that's what really it, reminded me of that. But it's but I, you could have shown me that right. I'm like they are. It's not just LeBron and AD. They are they are loaded with with role guys and different kinds of players that'll give nightmares to whoever they're. You know the five that uh, goes out on the floor at any given time is suddenly going to be a handful to contend. Uh, just gone. AD's out. Nope. There. Th- this is a joke team. What's fun is overall. I like. I'm. I'm obviously an old fella and i like um in any situation i'll root for a fan base which is a more tenured fan base who suffered the most these newfangled teams that play sunbelt hockey or whatever i don't i don't weep for them when their team goes out because they've only been in the league for nine years so how invested could the fans be Mm -hmm. with, with, with stuff like that that said it is kind of fun 
in the chalky NBA postseason that whoever wins it almost definitely is going to be a team that has very has very little history of success in the NBA. You know, if the Suns win it, what if the Clippers win it? And by the way, I think it is going to be it's hard to call the West still. I kind of like where the Clips are. I think Clips Nets is a is a fun finals at this point, but whoever winds up in it, it's going to be fun for those fan bases. The sad thing for the NBA is, as we've discovered here or as I've discovered over the last weeks is nobody in the New York tri-state likes the Nets. They're all sad that the Knickerbockers went out. That's everybody's favorite team. Nobody, so the Nets are going to cut down the Nets figuratively, not literally, because they don't do that in the NBA, but they really should do that. I don't know why they don't. Maybe you could get in someone's ear about that, Martin Weiss. But um, the uh, I, I, the Nets are going to end up cutting down the Nets unless you wish to make a case for any other team right here and now, Martin Weiss. I mean, No. I don't. I I would love to tell you how I think the Philadelphia 76ers could give them a game and how I think that Simmons and Tybal and who's going to guard Kevin Durant. But, like, you know what? I've been making this argument, Sheck, since approximately January. It's June 8th. It's been six months of this. I'm done. I give up. They win. They got it. Like, they're un, they're unstoppable. And until someone stops them, I'm going to quit making up all these straw man arguments as to why what I've seen no evidence of happening in the last six months potentially could happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I haven't seen it. KD it may happen. not care. Right. KD, it's a big statement uh, on Tuesday morning. Spaghetti. What was it uh, exactly? Do you have it? Uh, what the I quote have, is from him? Dur- Durant tweeted out, Mans will do anything to advance their careers in this media shit. Wanting to be accepted by an industry that will dispose of you whenever they please. Keep me out of uh, all that corny-ass talk about who's better and legacy and all that dumb-ass shit. I don't even talk like that. So that is uh, that is quite the statement from uh, Kevin Durant. My reaction to that is, it, obviously, he is allowed to think whatever he wants, obviously, but... Um, I, I, you watch. People will overreact to this, like... He's one guy. His opinion is perhaps, here's what I will say. His opinion is no more valid than mine or yours. He's allowed to think Mm -hmm. that, but I'm allowed to disagree with that. Sports are fun. Here's what athletes want. I, I feel like they enjoy getting patted on the back. They enjoy being cheered. All human beings would enjoy those things. They don't like the, they don't like getting pushback about failure they have to rationalize it on some level once they lose hey we did our best um can't hang our head just a game you know can't hang our head gotta come back they they have to rationalize the the losses again we all have to do that sort of stuff this is how you do it like i don't care where where you rank me at the end of it 20 years from now kevin durant will care if you call him the greatest scorer in nba history but in the here and now that's extra pressure that he doesn't want and he's trying to rationalize rationalize his way around that he doesn't like our part in the conversation but kevin durant and all professional athletes and all professional sports leagues should keep in mind they don't do a great job of it is it all goes away without us. If we don't track these things, this thing of, of I don't care what you think, that's corny to, to track me versus Larry Bird and how this team is versus that team. Like then there is then there are no there's no way to track who you are, what value this title has versus any other. I get it as a human being. Like I'm just out there doing my best and trying to, to win games and competing. Like that, there's nothing in it for we fans if you take that away. In my opinion, I'll so, say you, Weiss. So I say, I, first of all, I do agree. This entire, the entire thing goes because fans exist, right? That's why all of it exists. Why That's why Kevin Durant makes millions of dollars to play a sport. That's why we get paid the money that we get paid to do this right here, right? It's all about the millions idea of that dollars. we're providing content. Millions. <laughs> hey, if that's the case, Spaghetti, I'm going to need you to put me on minus three a little bit more often, okay? Yeah, no, nah, but tons of money. But, you know, but that's but the idea behind it all is the idea that fans are consuming all of this, right? Both the, the games and then the shoulder programming around the games. Like the, but I do think he has a point in there in the idea of, like, I personally, this may be blasphemous, but I do not care who the best player in the NBA is right now. 
Like, it, it is not something that I care about. Like, it's not something that keeps me up at night, whether or not. Like, I personally think that Kevin Durant, for like when he was in Golden State, was the best player in the NBA. But, Shaq, Great. if you want to tell me that you got LeBron, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to argue with you because there's very compelling reasons why it could be LeBron. And that just seems to me such a matter of opinion. So I think those types of things, like when he talks about keep me out the legacy, who's better than who, I agree in that in that context but also at the same time i hope it don't sound like i'm walking a fence here but at the same time i do agree that fans have to exist and fans and on some level that debate is going to exist but i think that like i would much rather you know what it is kevin durant i'd much rather talk about do the bucks have a chance to beat the nets they don't so (laughs) i have to find something else to talk about because every team that you've been on in the last five years has been completely dominant if healthy so what do you want me you know i don't know what else to do what else to talk about maybe that's on me as a broadcaster no i it's not anyone's requirement to do it um i but it's the you know i think you know bare feet on men should not be exposed for the, that that's a, a that's my um that's because it nauseates me it's not because i i'm trying to impose my world view it's just gross to me on a, a on a um basic level i conversely our pal matt money smith sticks his nose into my business in my wiener business when i want to put some ketchup on my wiener that's that's up to me that's no. that's, that's a decision between me and my wiener and Matt Money Smith is not invited to weigh in on it, and yet he sticks his nose into it anyway and I'm says, how saying, dare you, you, oh, how oh, dare you put ketchup check, on I, your wiener? Now, this uh, Kevin Durant, yeah, all right, don't put ketchup on your wiener if you don't want. Don't tell me what I'm allowed, what, what's interesting or what's corny or otherwise. And by the way, that reminds me, I don't understand. I like three, three foods that are all delicious, corn, cheese, and... What's the other one, Spaghetti? They're all three. Corny, cheesy, and I can't think of what it is. These are, corn is good, cheese is good. And yeah, oh, I've are, heard you do this before. There's a, there's another word. I do it all the time. I bring it like, up. Yeah, I can't. And yeah, why, it's they like, all mean the same why thing. Why they they're mean all bad food, things? <laughs> and they're all good. And why do we, yeah, why can't I think of what it is? Corny, <laughs> cheesy, and anyhow, yes, those are all three good. Anyhow. Okay, KD can say he doesn't care for that conversation. Again, like James Earl Jones, towards the end of Field of Dreams, he gives that whole speech that's a, it's a little too heavy-handed and is why baseball is too precious. But um, the, the, like, baseball marks American history. Like, the, yes, sports need the context of this guy versus that guy generation versus generation those conversations if nothing else are fun but they're also they are how we measure if you watch sports for any amount of time you guys have watched sports for 20 years now i've watched it for 23 years um and uh uh, right i'm 35 and you guys are 30 30 there you go so right hashtag Uh, math so about that um (laughs) yes we all you, you this is what we do and I'm fine, Kevin Durant. One game at a time. Take down your next opponent and and, and beat him uh, mano y mano. I'm going to be a fan, and I'm going to root for what I want to root for. Let's get a baseball pick in here, shall we? On FanDuel Sportsbook, you get more than one shot to swing for the fences. FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free. That is correct. You heard my my words. I meant them. New users get up to $1,000 back in site credit if your first bet doesn't win, and it only gets better from there. Check out FanDuel's new promo live every Tuesday. Guess what? It's Tuesday. $5 Dinger Tuesdays. Place a $25 plus wager on any player to hit a home run on Tuesday and get a $5 bonus in site credit for every home run hit in that game. Um, I love using the FanDuel Sportsbook. You've heard me talk about it plenty. I love same-game parlays. Um, I love the quick payments that they provide and uh, the fun bet types. Eddie Spaghetti, lay one on us now. Do you want to make a, a home run wager on Tuesday? You want to make a same-game parlay? The word, world's your oyster. Yeah, I want to give you some same-game parlay picks now to set the table for uh, tomorrow's Yankee game. Garrett Cole pitching for the Yankees versus the under 500 Minnesota Twins. Randy Dobnex pitching for them. 1-5, 6.19 ERA. Yes, I know Garrett Cole coming off a uh, loss to the Tampa Bay Rays. A good Rays team. Cole's come out and said he just threw way too many high fastballs. 
uh, I expect Hall to come in this game and, and dominate. So the one of the legs of this parlay, uh, let's just say they set the line around nine, nine and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the under uh, total for that game just because the Yankees' bats have been kind of silent, uh, especially when you know the table setter DJ LeMahieu is not hitting the uh, baseball. It's going to be tough for them to score runs, but they will score runs because Gary Sanchez is plus three twenty to hit a home run. He will go yard in this game, and I think Garrett Cole is going to come out with a vengeance. Like I said, Twins aren't very good. Whatever his strikeout number is, if it's say if it's eight and a half, nine, I'm going to like the over on that one. I was right about my Degrom pick last week, so I'm feeling Garrett Cole going to uh, come out and. And really help us out here. So under total runs, Garrett Cole over strikeouts, Gary Sanders in home run. Make that same game parlay pick. Fanduel.com slash minus three. I like how Spaghetti says parlay, like it's a parfait. I don't know if he's right. Either way, he's probably right about his same game parlay. You should go bet it. I have beef with you because right. you call yourself the accountant of taste. Right. That's the problem here. That's the problem that money has with you. You 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 go around calling yourself the accountant of okay. taste. In fact, check. I tweeted you the other day because I yeah. wanted to know where bacon, egg, and cheese ranks in the food triumvirate. Like you know, bake. Like I, I feel like that's got to be a thing, right? Bacon, egg, and wait cheese. Wait a second. Wait a second. Bacon, egg, and cheese is three ingredients on a sandwich, or what? Or is a, on a plate? Like as, just as a combination. Of, so so this is where it all came from. This is where it was born. I've been making bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches when I wake up from hammy. my nap every day. Hammy's the other one. He's a, he's being hammy. You reminded me of with bacon. There you go. H- ham is also <laughs> delicious. Why are we impugning three delicious foodstuffs? Go ahead. <laughs> but no, so I was, and I was as I was making my bacon, egg, and cheese, I thought, is there any combination of three foods better that go to the, you know, they're, they, you know, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, but a bacon, egg, and cheese is a thing, right? You know what I'm saying? Th- three pieces of food that come together to form a thing. Make like, a yeah, nice pizza, plate. obviously. Huh? Like, yeah, make a nice plate is what you're saying. Like, like blend yeah, yeah, like a pizza compliment. has bread, has sauce, and cheese, right? That's three things, but that's not what I'm talking about. Bacon, egg, and cheese are three things. On its own, you put together to make bacon, egg, and cheese, and it's like a thing from New York. I've, I've literally eaten one like probably five out of seven days a week since I got back from Brooklyn. Well, one of those boroughs in New York that you just mentioned there is Brooklyn, and in Brooklyn, there is the big three, and they complement each other nicely. So basically what we're looking for is the the uh, Brooklyn Nets of, of plate trios, bacon, egg, and cheese? Cause you know the bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. I like so I'm it. Like, I was thinking well, I like a the sausage. Bacon. Here's what I'll say: I love a bacon. I like a thick cut bacon. Um, that's very good. I like a sausage, never a patty. I that's a, that's one to add to the list too. Spaghetti. There are things in the world like why would you eat that when that's available in the world too? Like a pancake in a waffle mm. world. Who does that? Why why a pancake if they're offering waffles as well? Weird move. Same thing. I have a great uh, one for this. Go ahead. Why? I don't understand. Why does anybody eat? Get a link. No, I don't understand why anybody eats macaroni salad when you could just have macaroni and cheese. Like you could just so many. There's so many better things to do with the noodles than macaroni salad. I, I, I you're not going to get a lot of pushback from me on that. Now, I have in the past a Shecky Award for best breakfast meat has gone to bone in ham before. I think people sleep on it; they forget. If you at Christmas time have a ham, make sure you pull a little off on the side, throw it in the fridge for tomorrow morning, and then when you wake up, be the hero of the house. Throw some of that, chop up some of that ham, throw it in a pan. People will start coming around. What is what is that the divine smell going on? Oh, I'm just whipping up some leftover ham for you. You want some bone in ham with some eggs, if you please? You'll be the hero, like. I say um, I now the world of links is so rich now with the andouille sausages and the linguisa from uh, from Portugal, if you if you please, and the chorizo and so on and so forth. I think I go link overall over your bacon. And I'm sorry, but again, I'm not going to stand in your way of getting a nice piece of thick cut bacon. Eddie Spaghetti, you look like you're about to fall asleep. Uh, no, I just I didn't want to cut everyone off. I am a, a, a sausage is fine, like the links, but it's it's like for breakfast. I think of a, a patty for a sandwich just makes more sense how it fits on on a sandwich. I mean, yeah, bacon egg, and cheese though is probably a staple of uh, of New Yorkers. So what's I what's the uh, breakfast? I'm trying to think of the Brooklyn Nets 
of breakfast. I'm gonna. Go. You know, I mean, you think on it. You know, but I, I, bacon, egg, and cheese is hard to beat. Okay. And dude, sausage is more of a lunch thing for me. How about if we have to go one meat, one cheese, one egg prep? Then I'm gonna Ooh. go poached. I'm gonna go with an andouille sausage. Nice, nice spicy Cajun sausage. And then my cheese of choice, feta happens to make the nicest omelet. But we're not talking omelets here. I'm going to go with a... I've lately taken a shine to... If you had Robusto, if you had a nice Robusto, it's very sharp. It's like a Parmesan. I eat it straight. I'm going to go with that as my, my uh, Brooklyn Nets of breakfast plates. Eat it straight, straight off the rack. And a nice, and a nice say, seven grain toast, if you please. I do have to say, I do. I would go thick cut bacon. I have to scramble my eggs. That's the only way I can eat my eggs scrambled. Is in the rest, anything else is just you guys can have it. I scramble them, and I've been making mine recently with cheddar cheese, yeah. but pepper jack cheese would be my alternative. Pepper jack cheese, I love it. I feel like pepper jack tries a little too hard. It's cloying. It, it, you know, it's like, yeah, we're just regular cheese, but we're going to throw some spice things into it. We're going to take credit for the spice being mixed into our... Well, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not going to get down on you for it. Spaghetti, how say you? If you want to address this one, you can, or you can move us to our next and perhaps final topic. We have to talk about Martin Weiss. We're, we're pleased and proud of his rise in the ranks of... Uh, of sports media here. We met him, what, four or five years ago, doing great stuff with Broussard and Rob Parker. Like we say, he and Parker uh, chopping it up there on Lemon Pepper Parlay. Um, Rob Parker, of course, king of the hot takes, or among, uh, or at least at the uh, night's round table of hot takers. Eddie Spaghetti, do you have any questions you want to throw uh, Weiss's way here? Yeah, we kind of, the three things I wanted to get into were the the KD stuff, which we did, and I, I appreciate Martin coming forward and, and saying that, you know, he was wrong going against the Nets, and I was wrong too. I gave out the Bucks pick. I thought they were going to surprise us in game one. I was like, yeah, Coach Boob. Oh, know, that's defense. right. I forgot. Uh, I forgot you had the Bucks. Good right. bench. They got guys like Bobby Portis averaging like 11 and 7. I'm like, there's no way, and Martin's right again. Like, the, the, the bench, uh, people who don't talk about it enough, the bench on, on Brooklyn, the role players there, are just, they're a really deep team and a well-coached team by Steve Nash. I feel like no one's. Even and let me throw into let me throw into that uh, Hench called that one a couple of weeks ago when I started to swoon over this potential series. I I thought it was just going to be an awesome all time shootout. And he said, "You think Chris Middleton's ultimately going to be able to keep up with those guys? I mean, he's got to fill it up on the level of of the big three. And he did cite that. And and he has been uh, Drew Holiday and Middleton probably not the supporting cast that I guess if KD is the number one there. I don't even know if you would say." that he's the number one out of those three, which makes him so fascinating. But anyhow, uh, yeah, so what else? They're, so they're, they're plus 105 round to win it all. The Nets, if you want to go on fanlove.com slash minus three, make that bet better than my Bucks pick. But the we could do a little choose-your-own-adventure. So we hit one of the three things. The two last things I want to get into, and Martin's up to you, either uh, react to Sheck's pick of, the, of your Saints being the NFC South winners or give me – the Rob Parker, and we love Rob Parker. Obviously, you guys, Lemon Pepper Parlay is awesome. Fox, you guys are together there. A uh, lot of great debates, a lot of funny comments he makes, and he seems to be in the news ever so often with his one of his great uh, hot takes. Which hot take by him uh, drives you the craziest? So either react to Saints or react to the Rob Parker take, whatever you want. I just need to know the answers uh, to those. Yeah. I'll give you both real quick. Saints win the division? Yes. All right. Rob Parker is most— or do you that or do you just like Yes. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. This Drew Brees thing, I get the genuflection to Drew Brees if you're from the Bayou and what he did for the community immediately after Katrina. It'll be nice to have a quarterback with a rifle, though. Right. Right. He couldn't throw. The the idea that nobody's like, yeah, but but he's winning pre-snap. Definitely valuable. How about a guy who can throw the ball past 11 yards? Also valuable. Continue. Winning post-snap would be cool, too. Uh, right. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, the Rob Parker take that gets me the most, I said, gets me the angriest. That's, I think, I'll, I'll phrase it like this. The Rob Parker take that I find the most nonsensical, 
the one that I find the most least based in reality, the one that I find is like, how are you concocting this in your brain? Because I'm watching the same basketball that you are and reading the same articles that you are. And somehow you have this opinion when it's, it's just me and not only me, but the rest of America seemingly has another one. But it's the idea that Steph Curry is some is, is, is not a generational player, is not a generational talent and has never hit a big shot. Steph Curry's not the greatest shooter of all time. And it's just like, it's one of these that sometimes, you know, Shaq, you know, you're talking to somebody and they're like, you know what? The sky is green. And you're like, no, it's blue. And they're just, it's green. I'm telling you, it's green. And they're just so adamant that it's green. And it's like, you know, after a while, man, you know, if the sky is blue or if it's green, whatever it is, this is really affecting you here. You know what I'm saying? Like, is at the end of the day, is this going to kill everybody? Is this something that's going to really affect my bottom line? Like one Friday when my paychecks hit, is it going to be more or less in there depending on that, whether you think the sky is green? So sometimes that's kind of the attitude that I have to go with it, right? Because otherwise you will catch yourself standing over here, slamming the table, screaming into the microphone about what is wrong with you. Get some glasses, old man. It is, but yeah, it is, it, it, to be the Steph Curry one. That's a very good I, answer. I I hear you, and and uh, of course it requires that you uh, watch Steph Curry in a vacuum and pay no mind to Michael Jordan <laughs> or Kobe Bryant or any anyone else who has the ball in the last seconds of a game. I mean that most guys do not make fifty percent of their game-winning attempts that's i mean that's the bottom line so you can impugn anybody by that measure like how many big shots has he hit let me show let me see with the ball in his hands in a tied game or down a point how many what his percentage of makes was in that like everybody's is gonna be bad and so if that i hear you yeah listen well it's just also when you look at when you look at the amount of threes that steph curry takes the accuracy in which he makes them and the distance in which he takes them from, there is no other player in the league's history who has done it as consistently as long as he has. Now, Damian Lillard has started to stretch out and take some shots like that, but that was two or three seasons after Steph started to do it. Steph was first. Now, now, now there's only three guys in the league who even, who will even attempt it, and that's Trey Young and Dame and Steph. That's it. Oh, and, and Luca. but I do think about that, um, it's kind of like... Odell Beckham it's somebody had to do it and now everybody says over the last whatever it's been seven eight years oh like we all can do that like then why didn't you do it then because now Odell's famous and rich because he did that and now a lot of guys do it but somebody has to be first and Steph Curry it does matter who's first to anything and Steph Curry was the first guy to just uh just Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it from 35 on purpose. I'm gonna do this. It's not uh, the clock. The shot clock's not down. I'm just I'm doing it because this is a comfortable range for me. I just have one thing because you just said something and it reminded me. Of, you, you you brought up Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic is being wasted right now in Dallas because Kristaps Porzingis is a fraud. He's a fraud. <laughs> He's a seven three power forward who I'm sorry seven three shooting guard who plays like he's six five. And if he was six five, he'd be on the bench. He's only out there because he's so damn tall. And he makes so much money. And you know what? We the world we owe Phil Jackson an apology. We owe Phil an apology because he was right about Kristaps Porzingis. And nobody's ever going to give him his flowers. He's just wrong about everything else. Like, takes the bus in New York City. What type of madman does that? However, he was right about Kristaps Porzingis. And that trade from now on is officially the Tim Hardaway Jr. trade. The only asterisk I put on that one is how old is Porzingis now? 24? I mean, it's a, it, there's still a lot of time left. I'm with you, though, that to me, I, you know, uh, what was it? Six, eight weeks ago, I said he could be the X factor of the entire West there. And uh, that uh, that proved um, inaccurate. Yeah, no. Um, all right. Yeah, listen, I think this was a good time. Eddie Spaghetti, what do you think? I, I was a lot of fun. Uh, I wish we uh, had more done sooner, but we'll do it again soon, maybe closer to, to finals time. And thank you for uh, saying the Knicks did not make a bad trade. I, I need to hear that. So we'll, uh, that's, that's the clip. I mean, show. listen, at the time, I was like, what is he doing? But now, now history has proven that we were wrong and Phil was right. Phil deserves an apology for that. Interesting. 
Interesting. Listen, not going to get a big disagreement from me. Awesome stuff, uh, Martin Weiss, Eddie Spaghetti, good times. And uh, thanks to you, the listener. Make sure you're betting all the things that we covered here. And, you know, if you want to fade us, so be it. I'm not going to get upset about it. Either way, fanduel.com slash minus three. The word minus the number three is how you do it. Follow along all the fun. Minus three pod on Twitter and beyond. And we'll be back in just a couple of days. We'll know what uh, happened in that Bruins and uh, Islanders game. We'll know what happened in game two with with the Sixers and the Hawks and beyond. Lots of fun upcoming. Until then, thanks so much. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Hammy, cheesy, corny.